welcome to Bad Binges Podcast, episode two, covering season three of the American version of The Office. I'm your co-host, Laura, and this is my co-host slash mom, Trish. Hi. Starting with episode one, Gay Witch Hunt, which is probably one of my top office episodes ever. (laughs) Okay, so remember, at this point, um, Jim has transferred to a different branch, and quote Wikipedia. <laughs> pan, yeah, well, I mean, it, it is what happens at the very beginning, and then mm-hmm. um, um, Pam is broken up, and with Roy, with Roy, and mm-hmm. then this episode is uh, sort of centered around Oscar, which I think is great because we're starting to get into that point where we're focusing on the other characters. I will say about The Office, I love. The way they use Michael's extreme personality and the way that he addresses things in order to point out what people should actually be doing, you know? Yes, yes, I see exactly what you mean. I mean, and it looks like he's (laughs) somehow trying, Mm -hmm. but he's been in such a bubble, I guess, that he doesn't... It's very sad. I like... (laughs) Because I think about him and I think about, like, white savior complex, where it's like, you know... I'm in this position of privilege and like I'm so woke to the world and like I'm here you know that's kind of what he is is he's like no Oscar like I'm gonna you know engage with you and everything's gonna be fine (laughs) oh and it's painful that the scene there's a scene where he um he hugs Oscar and then he kisses him like the Poor Oscar. But it's so good, though, you know, because it's, like, mm-hmm. so characteristic of that kind of personality. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people who watch that the show are, like, might be like that, but just, like, Michael's the extreme personification of that. Right. You know, a lot of people don't think about the way that they engage with the world and how they think of themselves. It's like, oh, like, I'm an ally. Like, I'm here for people. But it's like, you might really be acting in this really uncomfortable way. <laughs> just don't quite realize it because you're not necessarily out here kissing someone in front of your entire office to prove a point. This, in this episode, it's also a little bit of Jim back in the Stanford branch, and mm-hmm. people are just trying to figure him out, and you'll learn why um, why they call him the Big Tuna. Big Tuna. <laughs> just, like, so ridiculous. They don't, he doesn't even think they know his name, but he had tuna mm-hmm. fish the first day at work, and it, it's just so quirky and funny, and I can totally see that because I'll meet somebody at work for the first yeah. time, and I'll think, oh, I'm going to remember their name. And then I totally forget it. And yeah. I have to, you know, write it down or do something to mm-hmm. remember it. But um, anyway, and then you see Jim kind of falling back into his old ways with the Jello stunt, which is yeah. the best stunt ever. That is just hysterical like, when he puts a stapler <laughs> in jello. jello. But I think it's also, I feel a little bit weird about the section of, the show where Jim is at the Stanford branch because it just feels like a weird daydream from the rest of the show, you know? Like, you don't have... It's just the three of them there, him and Karen and Andy. Right, right. As opposed to the whole team, the whole office. And it's a little bit more like a realistic office. Yeah, I, so yeah, it I agree. it feels like a strange, just weird break from it. I always feel conflicted about. Yeah, the people don't have quite the personalities that they do. I also had only ever seen um, Ed Helms, who plays Andy, in The Hangover, 
before this movie or before this show. Oh, before okay. I like watched The Office all the way through. I didn't realize that he was in the yeah. show at the time. And it's very weird seeing like because I think all of the Office characters you know them from The Office. You know, right? Like Steve Carell obviously is in a lot of other comedy work for years and years, and I mean so have the other people as well, and not just comedy but other things too. So it's it's strange to like come in here and see someone who you know not from The Office. Like, I don't think I can ever separate Rain Wilson from Dwight. Like, you just, I can't, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's weird that there's another person. Do you want to go on to the next episode? Yeah. Um, The episode two. The convention. It's called the convention, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is where sort of the the heads of the two competing offices meet up um, in Philadelphia. This is one of those episodes that I just don't remember. When I'm watching back through... It, I just don't recall it at all. It goes to show how there are, like, still moments in this show. I think people praise it a lot and think it's, like, the most wonderful thing ever. And, like, obviously it has all this merchandise and all these jokes. And, like, we'll be remembered, obviously, as a high-quality show. But there still are these moments that are kind of just, like, meh. You want to do the next one? Oh, the ne- next one's written by Toby. Oh, okay. Toby from HR. And actually, I think I, I remember this one more. It's called The Coup, and this is where Dwight and Jan, I think actually Jan is the instigator, yeah. convinces Dwight to go and try to get Michael's job from Jan. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's kind of sad because Dwight, you know, I never thought Dwight would do that to Michael because they're such a, like, a pair. But Michael finds out, I think Jan calls him. Mm-hmm. I think Jan calls him and says, hey, I just want you to know what's up. I just had this meeting with Dwight. You might yeah. want to take care of it. And then Michael calls Dwight in his office and starts asking him questions about <laughs> what he was doing and all this. And it's it was sad. I just love that, like, at this point, we've seen so much of Dwight just being, like, absolutely subservient and, like, there for Michael, whatever he needs, and Michael completely not caring about him whatsoever. And then Dwight in this episode, I mean, takes such a quick turn, you know, like, he's very willing to just be like, all right, Michael, goodbye. Dwight's so quick to, to override Michael, to be like, oh, okay, I can take over your job. Cool, right, goodbye. Right. Michael tells him at first that he... He is switching places with Dwight, I guess, and that yeah. Dwight did, you know, I guess Jan told him that Michael told Dwight that Jan said that Dwight is going to take over the office, and he just is so excited, and he's telling like, everybody yeah. that there are going to be changes and yeah, all this, and then when he finds out that Michael was not telling the truth, he was just setting him up to see what he would do. Yeah. Yeah. It almost, okay, this is like a different situation, but it almost reminds me of when a child hears something and they misconstrue it. Like, I always, I didn't necessarily go, like, spreading this around to people, but I always went, like, downtown, and I thought, oh my god, this is, like, New York City. So when I talk about the city, it's like, I think I'm, like, living in New York, and then it's like, we actually go to New York, or I realize how big other cities are. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) messed up a little bit there and likewise Dwight's kind of just like "Ooh, I can take over the office great and then he finds out the truth and it's like probably should have kept my mouth shut and not been so boisterous and excited about different things yeah it's sad but they but they make up so that's good the next episode is sad it's very sad oh my goodness this is like 
a hits home kind of episode. Yeah. Well, not necessarily hits home, but just like you really feel for Michael in this. And I think it is like a very valid thing that he wonders, you know, he wants people to like remember him and to be important to the people that are around him all day. I mean, you're spending so much time in the office and he does care very deeply for his team, obviously, or else he wouldn't have kissed Oscar. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is where um his um his previous boss, Ed Truck, has died and Michael is trying to handle it. Yeah. And the people in the office who knew him you Yeah. Know, they're just kind of going through that grief process. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's it's I it's almost like Michael doesn't know what to do. He yeah. doesn't know like very he's just shocked and he doesn't know what yeah. to do and is looking for something that he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I think it was Toby, someone had seen mm-hmm. seen a bird run into the glass. Yeah. And Michael just totally lost it. But it's like he he, he loses it, he goes outside. He's trying to like bring the bird back to life. <laughs> He's like, no, we're gonna. <laughs> but it's, it, and then he ends up, yeah, and then he ends up having this funeral, yeah, and Pam yeah. makes a box. But it's like he found something he could do because it's so awful when, you know, someone dies and you don't know what to, to do, do, and you you don't want to say or do the wrong thing, and so sometimes you do nothing, but it can come out in a different way, like yeah. it did with Michael. Michael didn't know what to do, and so here he takes like, this bird, has this funeral, and, uh, you know, they say a few words about the bird. It's so true to life, but in an odd way. <laughs> I didn't even think about it in that way, because the way I thought more of it is, like, Michael, like, sees himself in Ed Truck, and Michael sees himself in the bird, and he sees how nobody's reacting, so his immediate thing is just, like, I don't really care about a truck or anything, but it makes me sad that someone could work in this office for so long and, like, not mean really a lot to everybody, which I think is Michael's deepest. Like, we really see... This is the point where we're getting Michael's, like, deepest character concern and issue is that he wants to be loved. I mean, he has that quote, I want people to be afraid, like, fear how much they love me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. You're right. Um, That... I I definitely can see that, too, Mm -hmm. that he's... He's, yeah, he's afraid. So he, mm-hmm. and maybe that's more of the reason why he has the funeral for the bird is yeah. that he wants to set an example of what he would want someone to do for him. So yeah, it's a, you know, death is a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. So I'm honestly surprised they didn't do a Viking funeral for the bird. I thought that would be more of a dramatic, like, oh. and like a kiddie pool or something out there or like a, a puddle. I could have definitely seen that happening, pushing that on the water. But yeah, I know. It is an interesting episode. They handle this stuff very well. I think you're right, too. It's good that you can take this either way because you have both, like, the difficulty of dealing with grief and the difficulty of trying to grapple with your own life and, you know, think about how do people perceive you and be mindful of how the kind of image that you're presenting on other people and how you want them, just the kind of person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think this is maybe even just a turning point for Michael as we move forward. I mean, obviously, he's still Michael Scott. He's still mm-hmm. going to do a lot of stupid stuff, but kind of a point for Michael where he is like, I haven't necessarily made quite the impression on these people that I really want to mm-hmm. quite yet, you know? Or I haven't grown that love yet, and that's kind of scary to him. 
was a very good episode. And then a lot lighter episode after it with Initiation where Dwight, quote Wikipedia, Dwight takes Ryan out to the Schrute family beet farm for an initiation session before his first sales call. This episode just makes me, like, really creeped out, honestly. Could be a uh, Stephen King Literally. story. Well, like, it's, it's like, a, it's a funny show, but it's, like, can you imagine if you're just, like, a young kid trying to learn the ropes of the business, you're going out on your first sales call, and this man pulls up in his farm field? I would have my pepper spray, like spraying him in the face trying to take over the car you know like it's like terrifying and but just the way that it ends up turning like out so funny yeah yeah, I had the same thought that what this is weird and Mm -hmm. this could be you know if we didn't know the storyline if you're just watching this episode for the first time you're probably thinking what is gonna happen here you know and then I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even understand how it was like part of the initiation because I guess yeah. Dwight has set it up to be, you know, yeah. to see if he can pass. like an obstacle course. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's just so odd. I enjoy that this plays with the concept of there's a fine line between comedy and horror. We're making light of a very difficult situation or a very weird situation and laughing and is in order to cope with that. Is this the first time that we see Moe's? Like, actually see Moe's? I don't remember. I don't know. I just... <laughs> I love Moe's. He's just so strange. He's just like Dwight if Dwight, like, never got out to the human world, you know? Except Dwight does obviously get out to the human world, so he's, like, slightly socialized and able to know people, but Moe's is just completely... So weird. Ooh, and then Jan asks Pam to document Michael's activities for a day. Michael oblivious spends most of the day waiting in line for Oh, pretzels. that's right. Oh my <laughs> god. Is gosh. it pretzel day? Yeah, it's pretzel, it's day. pretzel day. And yes, so the office is so boring and then every year once they have day. pretzel day and everybody's so excited oh about a free pretzel. Yeah, <laughs> it's hysterical, but it's true. I swear. Yeah. You know, you can have treats at home, but if I bring treats into the office, it's people like... are like, "Wow, I've <laughs> never seen this before." Candy, or <laughs> it's it it does it like breaks up the office day, yeah. and it is nice a nice little thing to yeah. have something, yeah, fun at work. That's what we were we were talking today um, about how some offices will offer summer hours so like every friday you get out at 1 p.m automatically Mm -hmm. and then someone else who i work with was like yeah and we get an ice cream food truck for a half hour i would much rather have four hours of more time than this silly little thing but people do still obsess over that one thing and they're like the ice cream truck's here so excited to go out and and get it you know it's interesting the way that Obviously, I think if everybody could have the time off, they would rather have the time off and go do other things. But when you think about how mundane the office is, that something so simple as like a fruit pretzel can change up your day. Mm -hmm. But that's also human nature. Well, for for a while, it might have been about a year, I was in a position um, where on Fridays at 4 o'clock, we would have popcorn. And somebody would go to the popcorn store that was right down, down the alley. And at first I was thinking, well, I don't really have time to go eat popcorn, but then I made it a point to go because it was really nice to have a fun thing and people would just sit and talk and we get to know each other more than we already do in a working relationship. And I remember our vice president used to stop by and I always thought that's really cool that he cares enough 
to stop by and say hi to us and have popcorn with us. It was really fun. So something like that I can definitely see, and I think it's more of like a morale-building kind of kind thing. of thing. And, you know, who doesn't? Yeah, you can have popcorn at home, but, you know, it's yeah. a treat in the office. It's fun. It's different. Breaks up the day. It's like our we have a popcorn machine in our office right now. Oh, okay. So it's like someone will come out and be like, there's a fresh batch. <laughs> like, go get some while it's there. It's interesting. But I think that's also like... Have you ever read or listened to um, The Shape of Water no. by David Foster Wallace? Mm-mm. Not The Shape of Water. That's the creepy movie. Oh. Well, it's a very good movie, but it's very strange. Um, oh, my God. This is Water is okay. what it's called, and it's this poem that he writes, and it's about um, how it's he originally gave it as commencement speech for college students, and... He's talking about how, you know, in adulthood, you're presented with all these images of, like, you're going to go out, and you're going to follow your dreams, and you're going to accomplish all these things. And he's like, but a lot of adulthood is, you know, the more mundane moments where you're waiting in line in, in the grocery store, or you're stuck in traffic, or, like, you're just doing these things that you need to do in order to get to the next part of your day, in order to get to the thing that matters more to you in your perspective. He's like, but what you need to understand is that this is water. And he brings it back to this metaphor of, like, two goldfish sitting in a bowl, and one asks the other how the water is. And he's like, you can be in those moments and say, this is dumb, this is annoying, I don't want to be patient, I don't want to wait in this line, I don't want to wait in traffic, like, this is stupid. Or you can be like, you know, I get to have this moment of peace, I get to sit here in my car and listen to this good music and, like, enjoy that, you know, I get to really be present with people in this line and enjoy this collective moment of just like we're all trying to like get groceries for our families and like get home and make dinner and we have all these things going on and we're all coming from like these different jobs and how it's all about perspective so when people ask how the water is you say you know it's pretty fine today and I think this is one of those moments where it's like you know it seems so mundane and like weird that this is the one thing that they're like highlighting and looking forward to but it's really just like something that helps make that good perspective of like this seems so silly but like this is water you know not only is it we want a perspective that we want to say oh this is good but it's also like water is something that's essential to your life you know these are the moments where you like pause and you grow and you reflect and you're able to then fully enjoy those good high points well and that's interesting you say that because you know, having a job and raising children, mm-hmm. and I was always running, 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 constantly running to do things, and I would go through the grocery line just thinking about the next thing I had to do, and mm-hmm. now, actually, it started about a few or several years ago, I changed my attitude about that, mm-hmm. and now, if I have the opportunity to talk to somebody, like mm-hmm. talk to the person behind me, yeah. or, you know, look the cashier in the eye when, when yeah. he or she's checking me out. Um, Try to ask, and, and how yeah. are you? In a yeah. more, like, yeah. and, and sometimes way. they're stunned. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're like, oh. Yeah. But, or, or at a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, people say, you know, the, the waiter will say, or the waitress will say, you know, yeah. how are you today? Glad you come in. And, you know, you responding, good, how are you? And you're looking at them. Yeah. You know, you're not just treating them like, and, you know, yeah, I understand yeah. it. It kind of happens. You, you go through these days and these automatic things. Mm-hmm. You forget that, that this is mm-hmm. a person. It's just part of your day. Yeah. And so when you look at them, I've so many times they've smiled back and they're like, well, thank you so much for mm-hmm. asking me that. Yeah. So, you know, you, do, you can try mm-hmm. to make those common mundane things 
meaningful. Yeah. And, like, you know, it might be a good moment yeah. that, you know, for that person might cheer mm-hmm. them up a little or just might cheer you up a little. Day. Yeah. I th- oh, I think <laughs> exactly. that decision always cheers up, you know, whenever yeah. you're being kind to people. That definitely brings happiness to you. But, but yeah, and I'll have to give you – I have a book version of that. It's, like, very short. It's, like, a picture book pretty much. Um, but it's, it really is. But so I'll get through it pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. But it's, it's very good, and I really appreciate that an adult had that perspective and brought it to young kids and is like, here's the reality, but, like, don't let the reality scare you because I feel like the narrative that you so often hear from older people is, like, you know, well, college is going to be the best years of your life, and then you're done. Like, have fun. You're going to go to work, and you're never going to stop working, and it's going to be terrible. And it's, like, usually when you're hearing that from people, it's because – you know, maybe they haven't had the opportunity or the perspective to be able to look at things and, mm-hmm. you know, say, no, this is good. You know, I am, I do have, like, a good purpose here, and I am doing good things, and it is good that I'm spending time with my family. You know, obviously, like, you know, people think back on, like, their younger years and, like, being wild and crazy and things like that and having youth and all that stuff is fun, but it's, like, so much of the meteor life really is later on, you know, when you're, like, accomplishing things in your career or you're having a family and you're growing and you're seeing those things or you're able to travel more, I mean the bulk of your young life you're like younger than 18 and you can't really go anywhere and like do anything and like you know yeah I I mean when I look back at my life Mm -hmm. I don't I don't really think of that far back Mm -hmm. I I think of you know you kids yeah and just the moments and the sweetness Mm -hmm. and you know the hard times or the you know Christmases or you know I think of all those special things and it and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It, your, your life, your perspective on what is fun or important mm-hmm. in life really changes a mm-hmm. lot as you get older. Mm-hmm. So I think people yep. like, even that too, I mean, it's like not even like, and you could still have grandkids and like grandpups mm-hmm. and all Yay. that kind of stuff, you know, like <laughs> in the future, not saying I'm going to be getting grandkids anytime soon, but you know what I mean? Like, right. but beyond that, even if you like aren't a very family focused person, you know, there's still like new things that are opening up around you and mm-hmm. new experiences that are available that you can go take advantage of. And, like, you never know if we're going to be able to, like, travel into space as tourists in the future, you know? Like, there's always things that are going to be around the next corner. So it's, like, it just seems very silly to me to be, like, oh, like, enjoy your youth because that's it. Like, no, yeah, that's not. You know? So I appreciate that right. perspective of, like, even if things are mundane sometimes, those things, too, are still worthwhile and, like, will help you get to where you need to be in your life to also fully enjoy the things that are incredibly mm-hmm. wonderful out of this world. And it's also another re- reason to appreciate this show for what it is because it's called The Office. You know, it's just an office. It's a place that people typically think of as boring or aren't really excited about. But here it is, like, this worldwide phenomenon show, obviously based on things that would hopefully never happen on a day-to-day basis <laughs> in an office. But, like, you know, just, like goes to show the the wild situations that are plausible <laughs> like right they're based in reality it could happen <laughs> you know I did have a position one time where oh gosh the hours I worked were crazy mm-hmm. and it was so hard and I was so busy but we had the most fun mm-hmm. because I worked with a couple people who were just really funny I mean mm-hmm. they got they more than got their work done we were yeah. very productive but we, we just had fun with each other, and we weren't mm-hmm. serious all the time. And, you know, just in comments or whatever we would make. And we'd do funny things. Like, yeah. you know, I can't even think of an example. Um, 
our, our, it was our boss's birth, birthday one time. And we filled yeah. the office with balloons. And, but that's just yeah. like a little example of something funny to yeah. do. But it was all day long, you know, trying to get through the hard times yeah. with, you know, the fun. Yeah. And knowing we were all in it together and pulling. And I, I, I loved that job, but it was so hard. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was like, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. That's so true, though, because I think, like, all of my, like, service-level positions where I've been in a guest-facing role or, like, working directly with customers, it's, like, awful sometimes because you have people who are just very rude and very cruel right. and, like, have no sense of trying to understand, like, you're just trying to help them get on with right. their day and get the best thing for them. But you also just have, like, so much fun with the people that are around you. Right. I mean, when I was working at the theme park at a ride and it's hot as hell every single day you're exhausted you got people yelling at you but like the people around you are just so much fun and like you're just Mm -hmm. messing around and there Mm -hmm. are still other people who are very kind too like it's just a blast even though you know I'm there four o'clock in the afternoon to four o'clock in the morning and like not really doing much else besides working all the time like it's still so much fun yeah I used to I used to run meetings and this was um for this one project and it was it was a tough project and it Mm -hmm. was a long project and the meetings were kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and it was it was stressful. It was stressful for me to run the meetings because it, there was so much going on. Yeah. That you know, it, it was it was a difficult situation. So, I started having a joke of the day at the beginning of the meeting every day. Mm-hmm. We I'd be sharing my screen and I would put like mm-hmm. a cartoon up there. Um, and so as people join the call, they would see my cartoon, and then you know. Two minutes after the hour, yeah. I would start my meeting. Like it's not like it would, you yeah, know, continue. Start right away. But yeah. and and then a couple years after that, I ran into somebody who had been in those meetings, and he says, you know, I remember those jokes. That was the f- most fun thing that you That's did. Nice. I really, I know. I, they said I really liked that because it really kind of started off the meeting on a good note. Yeah, it was kind of hard finding the cartoons though because you don't want to offend anybody. So I usually. Just picked a project manager because yeah. I was that would be me, you know. So it would be yeah. me kind of making fun of my role because yeah. I didn't want to hurt anybody else's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was fun. Well, that's boy, like, we digress here <laughs> just a little bit. But that that makes me think of the um, at my last job that I had when we had our like weekly team meetings. I a couple weeks in as the intern took over doing um, the like sending out the meeting agenda or collecting the agenda items and then sending out the summary of everything that we talked about. Um, And I took the tradition from my leader, who was the one who was taking the notes before me and passed on to me, um, that she would send a quiz of some sort along with the call for topics for the agenda list every week. And we would have that little quiz. And, like, some people wouldn't respond. We wouldn't really talk about them in the meeting, but it's, like, an excuse to take a BuzzFeed quiz right. in the middle of your week right. and, like, have something fun to identify yourself with, you know, right. that, like, you might send on to your friends or whatever. Like, it's just a fun, like, activity that does, you know... I always looked forward to it, and I always had people... There were definitely some people who, like, didn't care so much about it, but there were also people who, like, I would send out the email and they would respond within five mm-hmm. minutes, you know, with, like, their thing, and, like, screenshot it and send it to me, mm-hmm. you know? Just very, like, silly, fun kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I would definitely... You know, this is really a good um this is more like a life lesson I guess but 
you know, yes, you have to be serious on your job. You have to do a good job. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that you um, aren't offending anybody. Mm -hmm. But if you can ever make light Mm -hmm. of a situation, I know a couple times too, I had presentations and they were pretty technical presentations. um, And I was very nervous about making Mm -hmm. them because I was making them to all the developers and you know, these yeah. very smart people out there, and I didn't want to look like a knucklehead. I would start each one with, like, a little funny thing. Kind of make it, they were like, a, like a little skit at the beginning. You know, one time yeah. I brought up a huge stack of paper, and, you know, nobody knew. I had a sense of humor, I guess. I brought yeah. up this huge stack of paper, and I said, okay, guys, this is going to take a little bit longer than normal. We have to get through this stack, but, you know, we'll be fine. And people were looking at me like, what? <laughs> you know kind of tech yeah. people make their day more fun mm-hmm. yeah but I think too you know like that's just such a like people are so hesitant to be more fun or like silly and mm-hmm. stuff in the workplace honestly like unless you're you know like BP dealing with the oil spill or like right, you're right. processing people's paychecks right. like right just like laugh at things like have fun with things like you're not like calm down (laughs) because I've been in environments where people are so intense and so serious about what we're doing it's like yeah you want to do a good job and you want to pull things off properly but like when one thing goes wrong it's not the end of the world and it's really important to have that kind of office humor around it to be able to say like all right we messed up you know what but we're gonna like pick ourselves up and we're gonna keep going and we're just gonna laugh at it and it's gonna be okay you know and which I think is also kind of a a way to go through life you're not gonna like have a situation and just be like oh my god, like, this is, like, you know, I'm not going to spill milk and freak the hell out over it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, oh, oops, oh, well, I really can't do anything but keep moving forward, so why are we sitting here yelling about this, right, you know? Right, But Well, I guess we should probably go on to the next <laughs> Boy, episode. Well, I don't know if we're going to get through all of these. <laughs> all right, we'll have, to, we'll have to go pretty quickly yeah. coming through. The next one's Dwali, which... Again, we're having an episode where we are pretty much... Well, I guess we aren't really focusing on Kelly as much as we were focusing on Oscar and Gay Witch Hunt, but her circumstances at least give a very fun and interesting setting for the episode itself. And we have Dwali. Oh, and Mindy Kaling did write this, so that's fun. Yeah, and and this is the one, too. Another horribly awkward moment where... Um, Michael proposes oh, to Carol oh, man. and in front of everyone and she is stunned and doesn't it's know like, what to say and she turns him down. Oh, it's just so horrible. I always wonder, like, not that I think I would ever be in that situation. Like, God, I hope not. But it's like, I always wonder what I would do if like, you're in that situation. Because you never know, like, the people who are going to do that kind of stuff are the people who you wouldn't end up with, you know, who would propose without knowing that right, you're right, like, right. likely going to say yes. Gotcha who aren't on the same page with you. You don't want to say yes in front of that room full of people and then they have to go answer to them later on and be like, oh, she actually like said no. You know? He or she or they, whoever you're proposing to. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I hate stuff like that. I hate watching things on like kiss cams or whatever where they propose oh, yeah. and it's like they yeah. say no. Like, oh, God. It's just so bad. Like, if you don't... <laughs> PSA, if you don't know oh, for sure... <laughs> Yeah, you might not want to do it in front of hundreds of people or a lot of people. That's the thing, too. It's like you could just do it privately and they say no, and that's one thing. But, like, choosing a very public place. Oh, man. And some people, too, you see how they do it and they, like, are proposing to a person who does not want a public proposal whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Just know your audience. Oh, my gosh. 
your yeah. your audience that you're proposing to and your actual audience that you are electing to have around you at that time. But oh man, that's good. But I like that we get a little a little cultural education in this episode yes. as well. It's yeah, always it's fun. It's fun. Celebrate all different backgrounds. Oh yeah, and we stuff. do that. We yeah. do that at the office. Yeah, and it's it is great. Yeah. It's it's so different because you know yeah. it's each person. You're learning a little bit more about yeah. each person. And I appreciate that. I appreciate when offices take it upon themselves to, like, put on the celebration. Because I feel like in this episode, you have Kelly, who's, like, just because she's a person of that background, she's having to educate everybody on it. When it's, like, it shouldn't really mm-hmm. be her responsibility. Right. So I appreciate when offices, like, take the lead. And they're, like, we're going to mm-hmm. celebrate this for everybody. Yeah, sometimes in the past, you know, we would have people you know, choosing, uh, like, Diwali to to celebrate, and, you know, they'd bring in food um, uh, that they would serve um, for Diwali themselves, and then I have, we've, at some points, for some some situations, we've received emails from management explaining, like, what this is, Mm -hmm. especially when it was new to, when um, other cultures kind of started being added to our workforce, you know, mm-hmm. it was, you know, all different people, um, mm-hmm. are in, are in my field now. And it was, it was really interesting and it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was very good. Well, the next two episodes, seven and eight are both about the same thing. It's, um, the Scranton branch or the Stanford branch, one of them has to close. And originally, they say that the Scranton ba- branch is going to close, and you see what every you know all the people are. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and the funniest thing is it Creed? Is it Creed who starts selling his like computer? Probably. He starts selling everything on his desk. <laughs> he's like, "Well, we're closing." Um, and he's collecting the money and yeah. he's pocketing it. It's hysterical, and it's just kind of an aside, Creed's a like side story very, yeah. to to the main story. You know, the it's it was it's hysterical. I love that. I also love too that like. Michael and Dwight's solution when they, considering how crafty they are, that when David Wallace isn't there, they're just like, well, we're just going to sit here, you know? like Oh, outside his house, yeah. you mean when they're waiting for him? Yeah. Because they want to confront him yeah. about the Scranton branch and like, have you seen ask the him epi- to save it. Have you seen the episode yet where Michael calls David Wallace's daughter's school and says there's an emergency... So that they patch him directly to David Wallace when David doesn't answer him. Oh, I don't think I've it's seen like, that. You have the or I would have missed that. Yeah, I don't think like you have that there. person and you have Dwight who is like I mean, he had that weird ass like obstacle course earlier. Like Yeah, so you would have thought they would have done something yeah. crazier instead of just waiting outside their house. Well, or you think they'd show up there and be like, Okay, we have to go to like New York City and go get him or like we're gonna go to Stanford and like trash it it you know like it's just so funny that they're just like well they're just gonna sit here like yeah and then and then what? okay so they decide to cro- close the scranton branch and stanford's gonna stay open so josh is the manager there and when jan tells him this mm-hmm. and she and she's gonna make jim the, the second in charge at mm-hmm. the at the stanford branch um uh, josh says well i'm quitting because I got a better job because he had applied at another company and he had used um, the information that he was going to be running, you know, both offices or or the combined office um, 
for this new job, and so it, he got a better position, or, mm -hmm. or I guess maybe more pay. But it was he he leveraged. I think they call it leveraging. They leveraged. He leveraged the job at Dunder Mifflin to get the other job, and everybody's so disappointed in here that now they decided then to close the Stanford branch instead, yeah. since you know it would be. Mm -hmm. You know, they would already have a leader in Michael. So, but then it was just so funny because Michael and Dwight were out of the office and Pam tried to call them to tell yeah. them that, that they weren't closing and he wouldn't, and they wouldn't answer the phone <laughs> because they're like, no, we have to concentrate. We're not, we don't want to talk to the office. We're, you know, we're done with that. We're going to yeah. do something. And then when they finally find out, Michael and Dwight go, we did it, we did it. <laughs> and they're like, they're so excited. And it's like, oh, my goodness. They saved the branch. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. It's good. Those are, yeah. And then the merger. Is this when they, all the other people. Yeah, it's just when they all, all the Stanford folks come, come to in, Scranton. Which is just, right. again, very strange. It's weird to see people, like, right. mix in with the core group. Right, right. But good. Yeah. The next one, Michael learns that one of the former Stanford employees is a criminal. Oh my god. And it's her in prison. Oh, is this where they have prison Mike? Does he bring out prison Mike? Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. yes. I, you said bring out. I, I didn't know what you meant by that. Oh, but like, you mean he, he puts on a character, like, of all the stereotypical. Yeah. You know, I was. <laughs> Oscar into a love prison. Makes that joke it's so bad oh it's, it's horrible like oh yeah, my god it's horrible. yeah this is a pretty funny one that yeah. is that that where he's <laughs> he doing that like employee. impersonation is just horrible yet funny as heck yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good <laughs> i love that the quote from wikipedia is bitter that he is not being taken seriously he then locks his employees in the conference oh my room. gosh yes yes <laughs> and i can't remember how like did jan tell him to finally let them out or who somebody or maybe it was toby i can't remember now but he, yeah. he was, i don't know what he was thinking you can't lock people in an <laughs> office yes oh my gosh so oh my good. gosh that's like impossible i think in a lot of well okay never mind i was like thinking about conference stores and i was like do we have they don't have locks they yeah do, they do they have, have locks. locks oh they do yeah once someone said i'm in Oh, because the bigger ones I've been in, they don't. But if it's a smaller one, um, they might. Because I don't know. I don't know why. But yeah. Anyway. Um, I think uh, a lot of ours did because they had uh, sensitive information was being tossed around. Oh, gotcha. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. We had a lot of security getting into our office, so mm -hmm. nobody who didn't work there yeah. um, you know, could get in. Well, ours, like, even if... At least some of my previous jobs, the doors were locked because, yes, I mean, obviously it's a secure building and everything like that, but within the building, there are certain teams that are privy to certain knowledge that other teams mm -hmm. aren't, so, like, you have to watch out for that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. if it gets out, like, mm -hmm. you're spoiling uh, content for audiences or information or things oh, but yeah man. the next ones are even more like yeah so so episodes oh, 10 and 11 are they're called a benihana christmas, christmas. and this oh, again so sad um where michael asked carol to go to jamaica and he <sighs> bought him this trip and she breaks up with him. him 
You and get someone else to go with him. Well, this is so bizarre. It is very bizarre. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm going to move this over. Okay. Yeah, it is very bizarre. And they all go to Benihana and they like, it's just such an uncomfortable thing though. Cause it makes me think of mail order brides. And we've been also watching a lot of 90 day fiance right now. Oh yeah. It just is like painful. It's like, Oh God. Like they pull these random girls who. Well, they were, they were waitresses they and were they waitresses had asked them to come back to the Christmas party. And yeah. Michael's saying, this is my new girlfriend. And Oh, like, and oh, she's God. what? Maybe, ha- you know, 24. Yeah. I don't even know how old she was, but Soup's young. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was a little awkward <laughs> to say the least. And this is also where oh my gosh, it was so funny. So Pam is starting to make oh friends God, with Karen. Mm-hmm. Karen is from the Stanford branch and she has started to date Jim. And of course, Pam you can tell still loves Jim. Um, but but she tries to become Pam tries to become Karen's friend and Angela has been planning a Christmas party. And they kind of get irritated with mm-hmm. Angela because how you know what a stickler she is. Yeah. So they set up their own Christmas party. Yeah. And they make it more fun. And y- you see, you know, Angela. There's just maybe a couple people. Like Dwight is at her party, and I think maybe yeah. one other person. But everybody else is at um, Pam and Karen's. But then by the end of the episode, they kind of realize that it wasn't very nice, and they merge yeah. the parties and Angela. Is okay. Yeah, again. she's okay. It's Angela's it's interesting because she's so like headstrong and whatever, but she gets very sensitive about her things, you know. She's very, uh, very rough around the edges, but soft on the inside. Yeah, I like her. Like an Eminem. Okay, um. so the next one is back from vacation. Oh boy. So, <laughs> of course. Michael cannot keep a secret. And because he had the two tickets to Jamaica, he ended up asking Jan to go. So Jan goes to Jamaica. Oh and, you know, mayhem. Mayhem ensues. <laughs> because Jan and Michael, who can't stay away from each other, end up together again. Just truly and then he sends wild. A, then he sends a picture. Oh, man. Of Jan. Like, well, an inappropriate picture sure. of Jan. To, he thinks he's sending it to one of his friends. The Todd Packer. Yes, and he ends up sending it to the entire packaging department, and then they immediately forward it on to other people. Yeah. And he's trying to chase it down and stop it, but it does not work. You know someone is terrible when it's like, when you hate them more than the characters that you're like, kind of not supposed to like. Like, Michael is just like so obnoxious, you know? And it's like, Todd Packer is just the worst like, the worst. Just do not like him at all. So painful. Let's see what's next. Um, okay, the next episode 13 is Traveling Salesman. Um, just trying mm-hmm. to remember what this oh is. Oh my god, The Amazing Race. I love. Oh, right. Love. When they flash between, like, Pam and Phyllis, or not Pam and Phyllis, Karen and Phyllis, before the makeovers, and then it oh. flashes to them oh in my the gosh, car. Yes. Okay, so what this is, is, oh is they set up into teams. They, they they go in teams of two out to make sales calls. Yeah, and so Phyllis, oh, Phyllis 
Phyllis. Phyllis is going out and going oh. with Karen, and they are not going the direction of the people that they're supposed to yeah. be making a sales call on, and they go to to the hair like the hairdressers. Yeah, and and Karen comes out with her hair in this like bouffant <laughs> because it's the place where Phyllis, Phyllis normally goes. goes. Yeah, I, you know it was. I kept looking at her thinking, and, and I, it didn't register <laughs> like, to me for a minute, like, what had happened. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That is just great. Nobody says anything so about her. They good. just can carry on, you know? Oh, man. It just looks like someone's, like, like a toddler's done their hair and makeup. It's so good. Yes, it's pretty good. That's that's my highlight of of that episode. Yeah. And this is also where um oh, Andy is trying to get between Michael yeah. and Dwight. Like he is he could, um yeah, it's it gets pretty uh, intense with him. Let's see what else. I just like And then Dwight resigns, which also oh, Dwight and Angela yeah. are probably my favorite oh, couple on yeah, the show. Like yeah. I love Dwight and Angela. I wonder if there's a, a name for it. I don't know if it's like Dwangela. Dwangela. I like that. <laughs> it's going to be Dwangela it now. Be it could be Ait. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 Angela, um, I don't know if she made the mistake or what, but the sales reports weren't mailed to yeah. New York. And she, you know, she's concerned she's going to get in trouble. So Dwight. Dwight handles it. He, he drives to New York and delivers the reports. And in the meantime, what a good guy! I know who's there right? for you. <laughs> like what a sweetheart! Yeah, you know, kind of saving the day there. Mm-hmm. But then Michael doesn't trust Dwight at this point, yeah. and is saying, "Where were you?" And he thinks Dwight was doing something against yeah. him. And Dwight cannot admit that he's doing this for Angela, so he yeah. quits. And it is sweet. It is very sweet. And then Such even in the end, if he's you know he's going to lose his job, but he. Yeah, well, you know he, he won't, won't tell on her because. And considering how much he like loves Dunder Mifflin, you know, yes. and loves the paper business yep. and all that kind of stuff. But then we see he still gets to be with it in the next episode, right? When he's working at at Staples. Is that where he's working at in the show? I, think? I was thinking it was supposed to be like Staples. a. Oh, is it Staples? Staples. Okay. And then <laughs> he at least gets to come back. That's good. Yeah. They after. Throw, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, after Michael finds out, he goes and finds Dwight uh, yeah. and brings him back, and it's just so cute. It's funny. Oh, man. It's such a nice, like, you know, moment, though, between them. Like, they're finally coming to a level where, like, they equally need each other. It's not just Dwight being, like, a follower. Finally, Michael's like, oh, I really I really care about you, too. You're very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that we... <laughs> Poor Oscar gets back from his well-earned company sabbatical. Oh, that's right. He got like three months, like big vacation and money vac- and right, a right. settlement and, a and car everything. And because yeah. uh, so that he wouldn't sue Dunder Mifflin because of Michael's and then here they are throwing a, a Mexican party for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, like, honestly, a good time. You have some, you know. It looks like it would be fun, but when you're. Uh, Pointing out that someone who has returned is right, right. of Mexican heritage that is highly problematic. And there was there was a line in here I think where Michael says something about 
I, I wish I could remember all the lines. There are just so many. There's um, so many good ones. Did I ever tell you about the project I did when I was abroad? Which? Okay. Well, so, like, um, have you ever heard of the Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Like, the, not the book, but the, um, the website? Like oh. The news? Okay. No. So, there's this site called the Odyssey. Well, it's like a publication. And um, it recruits college students or college-age kids, mostly girls, to write for them. And they post kind of like BuzzFeed-style articles mm-hmm. about, you know, college-age things and mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you're going through in your life mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And for a period of time, like, every single thing on the Odyssey was, like, insert something as told by the office. So, like, oh, finals uh-huh. week as told by the office, like... Your first week at school, freshman year, as told by the office. Uh-huh. Like, Christmas break between, you know, school terms, as told by the office. So they would have things like, you know, um, when you're trying to make friends for your first week. And then they'd have the quote from Michael that's like, do I want to be feared or loved? I want people to fear how much they love me. You know, <laughs> things like that, where it's like a relatable quote. Uh-huh. So at the end of our um, our time in Rome... We had to, as part of our writing fiction class, we had to do your top 10 things that you love and the top 10 things that you hate about Rome. And, like, you could do it in any way that you wanted to. You just Mm -hmm. had to bring up, like, things that you loved or hated. Mm -hmm. So I did... I bet I could guess some of the things you hated. (laughs) And loved. Should I pull this up and read this right now? These are pretty good. I think you should. I think you should. Well, so we did... Or I did... um, I did, like, my time in Rome as told by the office. Because everybody just at that point was just, like, so fed up with all this, like, as told by the office, like, shut up. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was it was interesting, too, to, like, go through, and I, like, picked out the best office quotes, and then I applied them to different things that we were doing. It was just, it was a blast. Or if I can find it. Well, while you're you're looking for it, this is also the episode where... In in past episodes, you've seen a little bit of Andy getting angry. Yeah. Um, like when um, a f- several episodes ago, Jim put put his um, stapler in Jello. Yeah. And he got really angry, and yeah. Jim at first was laughing, but then when he saw how angry, angry Andy he got, he just kind of went whoa oh, and just yeah. kind of backed off. Well, in this, this episode, one. Andy gets really upset um, because. Uh, Jim and Pam, let's see what it's, yeah. it's um, Jim and Pam steal Andy's phone and repeatedly call it, playing yeah. his homemade ringtone over and over. So anyway, Andy gets really upset and he punches a hole yeah. in the wall. And that is just, it's like, wild. really bad. Everybody I is. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, we had, last week or the week before, we had a situation where one of the, um, like, sales people were on the phone with a guest and they raised their voice and everybody was like, are you okay? Yeah. Whatever. And I guess it was a situation where he had like told this person over and over again, like something and they were trying to blame something on him. And he was like, got very upset, like understandable, but still you shouldn't raise your voice really in the office. Right. But it was like, Oh my God, I can't imagine if someone punched a hole in the yeah. wall. Like that's yeah. just insanity. You well, know, I remember Not insanity, one time, but, I don't oh know my God. what happened because I was on the periphery of this, mm-hmm. but there was a guy, I was in a cube and there was a guy in an office. This was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police came and he got walked out oh my because God. somehow they had found a gun <gasps> in his desk <gasps> and it was crazy. Everybody just thought, what in oh the my world? God. Oh my God. Um, 
and and the guy had been angry. I I don't know the whole story, but yeah. it was very odd. But you know, like a week later, that guy came back to the office. I guess they kind of checked his desk from now on, from then on. But you know, it gets scary if if you know people are yeah. usually pretty calm at work. You know, they're just yeah. doing their job. They're getting through stuff. I and I've also yeah. been to you know meetings with management where you might get one manager or director who yeah. uh, is a little bit more. Um, excitable and mm-hmm. they'll you know yell and they might cuss but mm-hmm. that's very rare I yeah. don't hardly ever see that kind of thing and I've been in you know the business world of big large companies for years mm-hmm. so but anyway did you yeah. find your that's scary I'm glad you're okay did, I'm glad everyone's okay yeah did you find your 10 I did okay this is Rome slash studying abroad through quotes from the office So on the love side, so it's set up as like when you do something and then there's a quote from somebody. So it's when you have to scale the steps of many a building to get to the breathtaking views of the city, quote, did you get the memo? It's Stairmageddon, Aaron. It's later season in the office. Um, When you're reflecting on your transformative experience in Rome, quote, I've been here for, I've been working here for 12 weeks. That's a full season of Homeland. A ton of things can happen in that amount of time, as we've seen. (laughs) Three, when you're trying to embrace the food and wine culture and also show off your knowledge, I will have a glass of your Okiest Chardonnay, please. <laughs> have you seen this? Yet? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's, I will have a glass of your Okiest Chardonnay, please. And then I will have a waffle with your maple leaf syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you haven't seen that. It's a while later. Oh, my gosh. Um, when you're in the bathroom at a bar and become enlightened with the discovery of foot pedals for the sink, therefore beginning to feel like you're picking up on the culture. Quote, I go to the bathroom for 45 minutes and everything changes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean with no. that? So there are like, at least the bar that we would always go to, they had foot pedals that operated the sink. So you would like press your oh, foot gotcha, on like one gotcha. side or the other. Oh, oh, so it was okay. like, whoa. So back, <laughs> and a lot of places had that. Yeah, back in the day, mm-hmm. like when I was in grade school, mm-hmm. there was like a big round sink and you would press the bar at the bottom to make the water come out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was, yeah. I, t- I understand what you mean. It's but crazy. Boy, I hadn't remembered that. That yeah. was a long time ago they had It's those. wild. Um, when you start feeling more comfortable seeing the armed guards near any major piazza slash landmark slash tourist attraction, quote, nothing to be alarmed about. It's just a man pointing a bull tranquilizer at a coworker. <laughs> you can guess who that's from. Oh, my gosh. When you're looking at some particularly odd portraits in a famous and incredible art museum, quote, neither of those looks like any person that has ever existed or been dreamt of in the human history of human or the history of human insanity. <laughs> when you start complaining about schoolwork, but your friends remind you of the awesome four day ske- schedule you have, quote, everybody wants to be rich, but nobody wants to work for it. Other quote, you came in at 1030 today, right? <laughs> When your yeah. squad has a great night, but also a little too much wine, and you're all trying to get the worst of the team to hold it together, quote, a real man swallows his vomit when a lady is present. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I have not seen that episode, or at least I don't remember that. Oh my gosh. When everything you see fills you with wonder about the cultures of the world, quote, I wonder if king-sized sheets are called presidential-sized in England. <laughs> <laughs> When between the weekend trips and excursions into Rome, you learn how to properly live in the moment. Quote, life is short. Drive fast. Leave a sexy corpse. That's one of my mottos. <laughs> oh, my god. These gosh. are, like, mostly from later episodes, okay, which is wild. I, I can't even wait to <laughs> see the instance that 
can where it make, brings that. Yeah. Um, and then these are all on the hate side now. So we have 10 for this. So one, when missing Rome and the program starts to get really hard, quote, nostalgia is truly one of the greatest human weaknesses, second only to the neck. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, I love that quote. I think oh about that gosh. all the time. Oh my gosh. Two, when you're trying to be nice and offer personal space, but Italians don't seem to have any problem with invading your bubble. No offense to any Italians. You guys just really are all about getting up in people's grill there. I'm sorry, this must be really uncomfortable for you, other person. I'm never uncomfortable. <laughs> Again, no offense to any Italians. It just truly is shocking how, like, on public transport here in the States, like, when I'd be up at school going between campuses and stuff, you're, like, head down, headphones in, like, right. looking at something, not right. making eye contact with anybody, and, like, you know, for safety purposes. Right. And then when you're on the bus there, it's like everybody is like all crushed together. <laughs> you're like all up next to each other. Everybody's fine with it. <laughs> like no big deal. Aww. The next one. Um, when your parents slash friends come to visit and they're dressed in horrible tourist guard garb, quote, saddle shoes with denim. I will literally call protective services. <laughs> When you're trying really hard to pick up the language, but your friends aren't having any of your poor grammar and pitiful accent. We're aware of what it means, Oscar. You just do not look cool saying it. <laughs> when you're trying to describe that good old Italian PDA to the folks at home, they kiss. It is super emotional, like in Toy Story. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good quote. <laughs> like in Toy Story. Six. When tourists from the States start appearing everywhere... <laughs> this is a good one. This makes fun of the U.S. a little bit. When tourists from the States start appearing everywhere, quote, our office has an unusually large number of unusually large people. <laughs> that is true. The first thing I realized when, when we got, because we flew back into Charlotte, mm -hmm. and then we flew from Charlotte to Toronto, and that flight from Charlotte, because our flight back was completely empty, you know, mm -hmm. and then from Charlotte to Toronto, seeing how big people were in those seats was, like, wild. Like, I remember sitting in that seat in the plane and being like, oh, my God, like, everybody is bulging out. No offense to any people of any size. Oh, that sounds but so I, bad. But no I, I know. But I wonder but, like, why it's, that it's is. It's very different. Well, I mean, like, there, I don't know. Because, like, you walk everywhere, but, like, I'm eating so much, like, fucking bread and, like, pasta and stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I gained weight when I was over there. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I was also, like, having gelato all the time. <laughs> right. So that well, affects it. walking can definitely do it. Walking it definitely, definitely does helps. it. But it was um, just truly... Such a shock! How much we do in the U.S. have a very different. Um, well, I think size. Uh, even the restaurants. We were talking about this. Sometimes you oh, know, yeah. the restaurants here give you these huge these portions, portions, and so you get used to eating, eating like that. Yeah. But you're in Italy, mm -hmm. and they give you, don't you, get an, those you know a, you know it's smaller. Mm -hmm. You know, so I guess it's so it's, 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 it's that too. Yeah. You know, everything has to be super sized. Of course, here. the U.S. were more about like, um, what do you call it? Excess. Uh, <laughs> Not excess, but like hospitality. So it's like you get something, you get a little bit more to bring home. Oh, I see. So for what you, mean. you know, right, doggy right, bags, right. like that kind of stuff. Whereas like there, it's like no, you're gonna eat this here, and then you're gonna leave. <laughs> like <laughs> that's it. Um, when you get home and people can't stand how much you talk about being abroad, <laughs> you're back and you're disgusting. <laughs> when people start to notice just how bad the few clothes you've worn out over the past few months are getting, <laughs> quote, it's not garbage, it's my clothes. <laughs> This was particularly for me. When you're allergic to cats and Rome, it's cat central. Quote, if you pray enough, you can turn yourself into a cat person. Other quote, those guys always turn back, Angela. 
Um, quote, this, this didn't apply to me, FYI. Well, you know that. When you haven't been putting the study in study abroad and you look at your grades for the first time, if my parents see this, I am toast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are my, uh, my 10 things. Those are good. That I took. They were a lot of fun. But it's just like, there's so many great quotes that apply to things. I, yeah, I wish I had a good memory for things like that. We, we should start doing <laughs> our, our daily start Writing down the, the best quotes. Yeah, well, that just, like, uh, figuring out what quotes apply to situations. I love, like, memes and stuff like that. It's so much fun. Okay, so next off is Ben Franklin. This is just okay. a very weird episode it's, for it's me. It's very weird. Okay, so, yeah, so at I this point, um, Phyllis is engaged to Bob Vance and it's so strange because I don't know why they always say Bob Vance yeah and you know they don't you don't know anybody else's well practically last name but you know Bob Vance um so so they're gonna hire they're gonna have a um a bachelorette party and a bachelor party and they decide to hire strippers Michael or it says here Michael orders Jim and Dwight to choose the strippers so of course <laughs> Dwight hires the stripper for mm-hmm. the, the guy's party, mm-hmm. and Jim, being a wise mm-hmm. wise guy, um, hires Ben Franklin for the yeah. women's. And it's so awkward because this guy goes and dresses Ben Franklin, and they still think he's a stripper, and yeah. they keep expecting him to do something. So, and they, yeah. you know, he makes comments or says things, and they and they kind of twist. You know, they're like, oh, what did that mean? You know, they think it's going to be some kind of lewd comment. But, yeah, it's very awkward. But this is also another sweet episode, Mm -hmm. I think, because, okay, so the stripper comes, and she starts dancing, and I think she's dancing on Michael's lap, or she's right in front of him. Yeah. And he, I guess he didn't realize what it was or, like, what was going to happen. And he got so upset, and he's like, no, I'm, you know, I like, I have a, you know, my woman, and I have Jan, and yeah. I can't be with you, and he just gets so <laughs> mad, and I think he storms off, and he's yeah. like, forget it. But it's so sweet. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's... He's like, I'm not gonna... I'm not, yeah. ...engage with anything... Right, right. ...beyond her. Really sweet. Just goes to show, again, Michael's true inner character... Okay, Phyllis's wedding. Okay. I love how everything, Pam's like, Pam and Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everything, every, okay, so at Phyllis's wedding, so, so Pam had called her wedding with Roy off, and so Phyllis is getting married to Bob Vance. It's everything Pam had picked out for her own wedding, including her dress. Yeah. And Phyllis just took it because I guess they talked a lot about it. So Phyllis just like took everything that Pam had planned. And Mm -hmm. Pam was just every every other thing. She's like, and there's my dress. And there's and even their, um, yeah, it was their initials, right? Yeah. And then because it's Pam and Roy, and then Robert and Phyllis, Phyllis. right, right. And then Roy comes over and is like, "This wedding is really nice." And she's like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" (laughs) But then he makes—I forget what comment he makes. He makes a comment that he realized that he should have been more Mm -hmm. in tune. Yet, you know, seeing him through these episodes, it's really yeah, and you can see that that he realizes that he shouldn't have taken her for yeah. granted and he really does love her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really sweet. It's mm-hmm. just like little, you he know, has a happy ending, don't little pe- well, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to see that. But and yeah, this is, this is pretty, ending. pretty hysterical. Yep. 
business school. Oh, oh my god. No. <laughs> okay. So, so Ryan Ryan invites Michael to, to a business school oh to be a guest speaker god. and Michael thinks it's to like, you know, enthuse the, yeah. the students and and teach them something and He's waiting outside, and Ryan goes in first and talks, and he kind of bashes Dunder Mifflin yeah. and says it's a dying company yeah. and all this stuff. And then he invites Michael in, and Michael is the complete opposite. <laughs> when he brings out the stereo, when he's playing the music for himself. He's playing the walkout music Oh, oh right. Himself. He's carrying the stereo with him, yeah. and he's playing his own intro oh music. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then he's got, I forget even how he does this, but he's got oh candy God. bars in his pocket. And he's, he uses the, the name of the candy bar in, in the yeah. line he's going to say, and then he throws <laughs> it out into the group of students. And the first one, like, hits some kid in the head who was not paying attention. Oh, my God. The part when he, as a recent college student, the part when he rips the textbook just, like, <gasps> makes me want to scream. Oh, I'm like, okay. Be- no. Because you know how I am. It I mean, like, $700. I was brought up, you know, oh my like, God. Yeah. my mom, you know, everything we had had to yeah. be kept nice. And you did not write in your books. And mm-hmm. even when I was in college and people would highlight, yeah. you know, parts of their book, it took. It was so hard for me to do that. I appreciate the, that now because I buy a used book and everything important's already yeah, done yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, really. But really yeah, it was hard. Thought. And then so he he s- says, you know, who has a book? And he and he takes this guy's book, which, yeah. as you said, these things are very expensive. They're mm-hmm. they're. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, the thickness of that book is probably several hundred dollars. Like. Yeah. And so he, he opens it, and he just starts tearing the pages out, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, talking about, uh, you know, a Michael speech. Yeah. And the kid is just like, what, oh what are you doing to my book? And he doesn't stop. Yeah. Like, he, can, he goes on and on just and like, tears more and more pages out. And he just has, yeah, his speech is like over the top, Michael. Oh, God. It's, it's so good, it's though. Cra- it's crazy. Yes. Very, very funny. I just, oh man, that's a good one. Business school. Oh, but this is also the painting. Which is like, keep this in mind because it comes back up later. And I love that. Oh man, I just. The painting, I missed that. Where Pan has her art show and nobody shows up. And Roy even shows up and is like annoying. And then Michael shows up and really cares and wants to buy the piece of her art. This one or the next one? It's this one. It's business school. Okay. Right. Yeah, that was, you know, P- Pam is nervous about showing her art and, you know, really hopes that everyone in the office will come and, and she invites them all and she's very disappointed. But ironically, the person who comes and is saying, Pam, this is wonderful. You were so good. And he wants to buy one of her paintings and she's just, she's staring at him because yeah. she's dumbfounded. And then she ends up just giving him this great big hug, and and she, like he holds her for a while, mm-hmm. you know. It's so it's so sweet. And again, you see Michael, even though he's such a, a doofus, you know, he has he's, so, he's got he's got such heart, you know. He just kind of <laughs> isn't doesn't know how to portray that. But yeah, you're right. That is a really, really good. I totally forgot that was the same episode. And this is this is also the one where there's a bat in the office, 
and Dwight tries to catch it. And, and who was it? It was on, it landed on one of the women. It landed on Meredith. And he, like, put her in a bag. Oh, my God. With the bat. Like, he, he put a bag over her, her head. And she's screaming and screaming. Yeah. And he doesn't realize, like, he's freaking her out. He's just so glad he yeah. caught the bat. Right, right. It's so good. Yep. Cocktails. Oh, my God. This is like. This is where you learn that Jan is a little unhinged. Unhinged. Yeah. Very unhinged. Otherwise, it's a pretty like. Oh, wait, no. This is when Pam officially breaks up with Roy. Oh, right, right. Because he gets violent. But then, if we can move forward to the next episode already, then well, Roy goes and attacks Jim. Oh, right. Like, and then Dwight saves him. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. He had this pepper spray or whatever in his desk, and he immediately yeah. pulled it out. And then they, and he's got all kinds of things in his yeah. desk, which is like, what? What are you, what Dwight. Are you doing, Dwight? <laughs> But yeah, Dwight's Dwight's Dwight like probably the one type him. of person who I would trust to have weapons in the office, even though he does misuse them at points. I, I trust <laughs> that Dwight would try to protect everybody at all costs. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely can see that too. Is that wait? Oh my god! What the previous previous episode? The Cocktails The one? Cocktails is directed by J.J. Abrams. Do you know who that is? No, he's which one? Directed, like, he's directing the last Star Wars movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and he wow. directed, like, Star Trek stuff. And he directed The Force Awakens. Wow. And then Joss Whedon, who's ahead of him in the previous episode, did um, some, some other stuff for Disney-based films. Oh, he did the the original Avengers and then the Age of Ultron as well. And worked on stuff for that. Yeah, it's amazing the names you see on here. Okay. That's like, that's crazy. I, I really need to keep a better look at all these people when we're going past them because we're getting some pretty, uh, pretty interesting characters. I had no idea that those people were involved with The Office at some point. What episode? Cocktails? I wish I had seen that recently because everybody always talks about J.J. Abrams, like, in Star Trek, he uses so many light glares on the camera to give the illusion of, like, you know, like, they're in space and they've got all these lights around them Mm -hmm. and, like, it looks very high-tech and modern and all this kind of stuff to have those glares in it. People say shit about it. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm also kind of a sucker for, like, a light glare. (laughs) A light glare look. But, uh... Okay. But, yeah. Then... So what? So after college, so that was negotiation. So then, oh, Michael and Daryl attempt to get a pay raise. Daryl deserves a pay raise. I don't know about Michael. Safety training. Oh my god. This is it goes this is w- so out of control. Wild. So, so um, they have safety training, a safety training course in the warehouse, and yeah, you know, there's equipment down there that's very dangerous, yeah. and and Michael like Please takes do offense. Please not mess around because- with equipment that you are not trained on. Right, right. Please don't do that. And he said, well, if I would. And, and they're like, no, Michael, you have to stay away from this because yeah. you can imagine. But um, yeah. then Michael is offended because he says, well, my workplace is, is very dangerous. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know why that would offend him, but whatever. Yeah. And so he takes this, you know, and says, you know, being, you know, 
being in an office is is depressing and it could lead to suicide and yeah. he goes on and on and on to the point where he's up on the roof of the building and is going to jump off into a bouncy castle yeah. to pretend like he's committing suicide because yeah. he's so depressed because his office is more dangerous yeah. than any other thing mm-hmm. and they it's realize wild. if he jumps in there he will hurt yeah. himself so th- they do get him down but it's I it's just, like it's so bizarre his like naive attitude that he's like oh i can operate all this stuff it's like no please dear god do not i feel like we had to deal with that like so much in my job before this current job i'm at where we're working with like heavy machinery technically and mm-hmm. it's like it looks simple but it's really not please do not approach right. the and like you would so there's one person who has technically i mean you have a person on either end of the attraction who mm-hmm. has some kind of controls but at the main board there's one person like if who is controlling that and they have someone who's in close proximity to them and if that person comes over and touches the board, like, they're in big trouble. Like, you right. are not allowed. Like, one person can touch it because one person can be fully aware of what is going on on that board at one time. And, like, granted, like, it's likely a lot could happen before it could be, like, a bad situation. But, like, the perfect storm could cause some bad stuff. Right. Like, do right. not mess around. <laughs> Which is just, like, and Michael's one of those guests that we deal with who are, like, I can, like, reach over and, like, no, don't do that. Yeah. It's, like, we were talking about the other day, some guest on an attraction got upset and started pressing all the buttons. It's, like, don't do that. Yeah, like, you could really, yeah. You could so really dangerous. hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So that, yeah, that was a very odd episode. Well, very aren't weird. they all? They all are. They all are. Product recall. I don't even. Oh my oh, god! The watermark. watermark. Oh my god! There's a watermark in an obscene, obscene drawing. Yeah. So they have to recall all the paper. Is this when Michael tells the, the press conference. Oh right. He, <laughs> so he's like, like they're like, no. Person. What? What do you mean you want a press conference? And then he's like, and uh, yeah. And so he has to put together a press conference. But one of the little side stories that I think is hysterical is they get everybody in the office calling all the customers to recall the paper and oh my apologize. God. Oh, my God. And this is where Angela is like, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, she just is not having any, she can't say, she, you know, I'm yeah. sorry or we're sorry. She's just like, look, you know, yeah. <laughs> she's such, she's, she's hysterical. She's not having any of the apology stuff and just says, look, you're going like, to be. Look, we gave you a refund, like whatever, whatever. Oh, man, that's so right. good. She's all, all. Oh, when they find out that Andy's girlfriend is a high school student. Which, like, oh, that was so odd. It makes me so sad because Andy continually, like, I feel like he has such potential as a character to really be someone who can, like, come back through things. But he continually has these situations that are just so cringeworthy, so uncomfortable, so, like, mm-hmm. but he's not, like, Todd Packer awful, you know? Just like he winds up, like Todd Packer is asking to get punched in the face, you know. Andy's just like, like I wish this wasn't going on, you know. I wish that you were like a little bit more observant, but alas, women's appreciation is the next one. Vill- Phyllis is a victim of flashing in the parking lot, and then Michael attempts to host a seminar. Oh my God, this is when they all go to the mall. Oh my god, and they talk about 
his relationship. Well, yeah, then they end up all counseling. All the women <laughs> are counseling Michael on Typical. his relationship. But he's literally like, I'm not happy. And they're like, so why are you why with are her, you Michael? With her? Yes. He's like, she makes me dress up and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you learn so a lot creepy. of details that you don't want to know about between so Jan sad. and Michael and their private It's time. so sad, though, because it's like, like Michael like just wants to be loved I and know. like is trying to do these things to make people happy. And then he just gets so screwed over. But then he's trying to break up with her and then she shows up. Yeah, he yeah he actually Ugh. called her and left her a voicemail, so. and then she sh- walks into the office and she says, "Oh, I got a voicemail from you," and she thinks it's a cute little message, yeah. and it's yeah him breaking up. That's oh, bad. Man. Oh man. Well, but then, oh man, then this is the next one: beach games. This is a a really good episode. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. One because I love is it Kevin or is it Andy who's Andy, out floating? Andy. <laughs> okay, okay. So they're they're on this like office field trip, and <laughs> and they're all in those samurai I, blow up suits yeah. and they're fighting each other, and I I don't even I don't know the progression, but Andy is still in his suit, yeah. And he is reaching for something near the water, and he falls in. Yeah. And by this time, Angela does not like Andy yeah. at all. <laughs> well, he falls in, and he starts calling to Angela to help him. And she says, what? I can't hear you. What do you want? I don't understand what you want. Because <laughs> she's trying to, like, watch out for Dwight. Yeah. Because she's eliminating the competition. Right. right. So she doesn't help him. Oh, my God. She just pretends like she doesn't know what he wants. And he's floating outside, yeah. you know, out in the water. And it... and. Even to nighttime, it's like yeah. he's out there forever, oh floating god. in his samurai outfit. Like hello, oh my god, it's just like crazy. But then also, the fact that Michael hears that someone else is up for a job and he hosts like a survivor challenge of like who is worthy of my position but i also appreciate that this is really a turning point for some other major characters like pam has really been working to um you know we see her in the first episode where she's like yeah Lori and i have been engaged for three years we keep postponing the wedding you know she's like very much a pushover and now she's like really taking control of who she is and okay i have to interrupt you here because (laughs) you know how sometimes i can't remember words yeah it's so terrible i meant I didn't mean samurai. <laughs> I meant sumo. Oh my god, sumo wrestlers! Oh, I'm such a knucklehead. So okay, I just had to correct that because people, if anybody's listening to this, they're probably yeah. thinking, "What is she talking about?" Have you so, have you ever um, you listen to Potterless, right? Have I, I have. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard the part where he does editing, Mike? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so his name is Mike, and he does the podcast, and he'll do. Whenever he says something that's, like, incorrect factually or something like that or Mm -hmm. wants to revise, he'll go and be like, hey, editing mic here. And, like, you know, when he's actually going through the editing. Oh, gotcha. So I'll just put that in and be like, hey, editing lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, Um, so, yeah, so you're talking about Pam. Yeah, this is a good episode for her. I'm just, like, it's nice to see, you know, because I think that's a struggle that a lot of women deal with is, like, struggling how to, struggling how to, grappling with, you know, trying to, please everyone around them to make everybody happy or to finally come into their own and Mm -hmm. be like, no, this is what I deserve. Mm -hmm. This is what I should have. Like Mm -hmm. I'm strong. I can handle this. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, she's like, it's okay if I don't have Jim. It's okay if I don't have Roy. It's okay if it's just like me, like 
I'm doing the best I can, mm-hmm. you know, which is a really wonderful, um, a wonderful thing to show. And I think this is where she gives the big speech in front of everyone. Yeah. She she does the, she runs across the hot coals. The fire and walk, so she yeah. yeah, she feels very energized and, you know, mm-hmm. confident. And she gives the speech and yeah. says that she still has feelings for Jim, for Jim in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Very Which neat. is really nice, you know, it's just freeing to, for her to say everything like yep. that. Um, okay, then we have the job. So... It's just two episodes, oh my God, 24 and 25, Michael, the last two. Michael decides to get back together with Jan because she has had a breast augmentation <laughs> surgery. <laughs> so Michael being Michael. <laughs> Michael's just torn between this like incredibly emotionally tuned in human being and like this totally surface level like person. <laughs> and it's just so much to handle. <laughs> But it makes for a very wonderful character. But then they all go to New York. Well, it's it's some of them. They're trying to... Yeah. There's several of them are trying to get a job at corporate. And it's, yeah. you know, the one Michael... Michael was originally up for it. That's the first mm-hmm. person you hear um, that they had asked to come for an interview. And Jim and Karen. And, and, yeah, and um, Jim and Karen. And in the meantime, he's also trying to choose a successor. Mm-hmm. And he puts the staff through all of these weird tests like they had a like a hot dog eating contest or something that was in the previous episode or was it that was in beach games oh was it in beach games mm-hmm. oh i thought it was that and i thought he said whoever gets this is going to win it's going to become he oh, does okay. it was in beach games but okay. then in this episode it's I'm, kind of like i'm mixing it up okay. he decides dwight's gonna be it okay. and then andy's gonna be like the backup in the way that dwight currently is uh-huh but Michael's openly, like, telling everybody, he's like, goodbye, like, I'm going to go to my new job now, like, you know, but then come to find out that the job Michael would get would be Jan's job, and he can't take that, even though he wouldn't get it in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, so that, yeah, these are... I appreciate that that at least gives him, like saves his pride a little bit just because he is such a delicate human being. He's like, well, it's fine. I shouldn't take that in any way. Like, ugh, I can't imagine the kind of moping we would get from him as a character if he did not get the job. Um, But I also... This episode just makes me sad in so many ways because I hate Karen trying to, like, communicate with Jim and Jim's just like, nothing against... Like, Jim, and obviously the he's, you know, going to be with Pam. Like, that's the mm-hmm. way it should be. Like, obviously they have that special connection, but it's, like, just sad to see Karen, you yeah. know, like, trying to make things work, trying to be like, we have to do this in order to be successful, and Jim's just not fully in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, cause he, he don't does. be with people if you don't know 100% that you're actually 100% in the relationship and aren't thinking about other people. It's just sad, because Karen really is, like, a, a good character. Yeah. She's a nice person. Yeah. Deserves some niceness too. So, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. So this is where Jim, the interview, mm-hmm. um, his interview goes well, but then he realizes he just doesn't want to leave the Scranton office because he doesn't want to leave Pam. Mm-hmm. And then he, and oh, then he that's right. And then he goes date. and asks her on a date. And then it's so that's frustrating because right. it's like the season finale. Like I can't imagine mm-hmm. having to watch this live, and you have to wait for the entire next season. 
yeah. to see if they're dating or not. But the biggest surprise of the entire episode <laughs> is who gets the job at corporate. It's Ryan. And it's Ryan, yeah. the intern. But think about it, because he's, he's not an intern. He's a temp. Well, right, right. He's and temp. he's getting his MBA. Like, yes, Michael yes. doesn't even have a degree. Right. Which, like, nothing against that, but just, like, you know, right. it's a lot easier to move up in this specific kind of corporate world when you have those kinds of degrees. It's just, like, fantastic. Yeah, that was a I real love... shock. I did not expect that, but it was good. Yeah, I, I, and I think I asked you, well, what? how does the dynamic work then going forward with Ryan? That's just going to be interesting. Yeah, so. I just, I love the way that he, like, stands there and is like, we're done. And Kelly behind him is like, what? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. What? It's so good. Yeah. I'm such a fan so he of breaks, it. Yeah, he obviously breaks up with Kelly immediately. Yeah. Which is sad, because Kelly is a lot, but she deserves some goodness, too. So does, so does Ryan. But, yeah, so we'll see what happens in season four. Thank you for listening yep. to season three of the office and we will be back with more soon we're saying see you later talk to you later see you later love you see ya we should have like a good sign off for that because i love how and that's why we drink does and that's why we drink mm-hmm. we like bad binges <laughs> how about if we do bubba bye yeah we should do it because it's two b's too yeah like bye bye Bye-bye now. Bye-bye from Bad Binges. <laughs> Bye-bye. That kind of sounds creepy. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>